Welcome to DaVinci's Discourse, where the minds of today's most innovative entrepreneurs are unveiled and explored. And my name is Kyle Campbell, your guide on this journey into the depths of the entrepreneurial psyche. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into the minds of the greats. This is DaVinci's Discourse. All right, man. So let's get into it, brother. Why don't you tell us a little bit what you do and who you do it for? So uh, my name is Drew Donaldson. I run uh, Grow House, as you can see behind me. And uh, we're a strategy firm that focuses on helping uh, businesses that are just trying to get to their first six figures or trying to scale from six to six, seven, eight figures. So really, we fo- our, our whole approach is less so of an agency where, you know, you just pick the things off the shelf you want and then go to the checkout and here's what your monthly bill is going to be, but really being a lot more tactical in our approach. And so we have plenty of clients that work with us just on a guidance and advisory basis. We have group coaching programs for businesses that are at the very, very early stages. And then we also have all of those agency services you'd expect from a marketing firm, but they're, they're not deployed. Like I'm not looking to take over your whole marketing department. I'm looking where I can have the highest amount of impact uh, for the, uh, the best ROI. Okay, right on, dude. So let's say you go into a company. How do you know what will have the highest ROI? A lot of it is like talking to the business owners themselves and seeing what is hap- what has worked in the past, if anything's worked in the past. I mean, a lot of you'd be surprised how many businesses float along for years just on word of mouth referrals. Like it's mm. it's really truly incredible that yeah, more businesses just can float like that for years. Yeah. Um, And so seeing that and seeing that like, you know, business, it has been floating on referrals for years. It's like, okay, well, why don't we standardize the process of getting referrals first? Like we know that works. Let's start there. Orchestrate those referrals. Yeah. Exactly. Like so so often there's no process in place. It's just like by the grace of God, they keep coming in. People keep talking. Yeah. It's amazing, really. It is truly amazing that some of these companies can float by like that, right? So you come in, you throw some gasoline on that fire, and you get things yeah. pumping and rolling with more systematized process. I see. Okay. Yeah, and when, now all of a sudden we have a strategy that we can we can track. We have metrics. We know how many times we're reaching out. Yeah. We can really dial in what that outreach looks like. What's most effective? You know, what kind of uh, uh, little bonuses can we offer to generate those referrals or those reviews? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it starts with, well, what is the thing that's working? How can we make it work even better? And then let's start tilling fresh ground because I think the I like big mistake that. is you could walk into a business and with a one size fits all like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a lead guy. So I'm just going to generate you tons of leads. Right. I have plenty of businesses that that's what they tell me in their discovery calls. Like we just need leads. We just need leads. We just need leads. And then you go one level deeper and you say, so what's your sales process like? And they go, the what? <laughs> it's like <laughs> how, how you take those leads and sell things. And they're like, yeah. uh, oh, dude, I, I just think it has leads. something to do with account. <laughs> it's a numbers like, game, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we just need to make phone. We just need to dial for dollars. And I was like, well, grab a phone book. Like there's cheaper ways to do this than hiring me. Like the, but the reality is, is that, you know, as you dig down through discovery process, you really find what the core of the issue is. And a lot of times it's systems and operations. Sometimes it's creativity. It's actually far, it's far less of the time it's creativity. That is the limiting factor in a business because it takes a lot of creativity to run a business. So that tends not to be the issue. Most of the time it's either technical in nature or it's systems in nature where it's like, they just don't have the processes. They just don't have the blueprint. They don't have the roadmap and, or they don't have the way to bring all of these pieces together into a way that makes sense where they can look at it all pinned up on a wall and say, all right, this is how we market this business. Instead. It's like, 
we do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We did a yeah, pay-per-click yeah, thing yeah, like yeah. three years ago. I think that worked, <laughs> but we haven't done it again. But we didn't you know? do it. Yeah, it worked, but yeah. we don't continue it. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. God, man. Um, oh, yeah. So so let's say that uh, I'm curious because you said to pin it up on a board. What, what does that look like to you? Do, you? do you think about this visually in terms of uh, you go into a company and you 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 put on the board what they're already doing and what's working. And then you, once you see it visually on the board, you're able to, to grow it and, and know how to pivot and position it from there. The, in terms of like the actual execution of laying all that out, it really yeah. differs company to company because everybody's a different type of learner. Some people can just mm. kind of stick with me and I can explain how this flows into this flows into this. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I don't need to go and draw it out. Other times we just create kind of a digital mind map of like, all right, so this is the flow. Or we create funnel kind of map. You know, we use uh, Jiru or Guru, Giru. I forget how you pronounce it, but it's a tool that allows you to map out a funnel. So for those people that do need to see something tangible and see it all laid out, we can do anything from, you know, putting it in a Word doc with bullet a bullet point list. Like that's, that's the most basic. And for some people, that's all they need. They just need to see it laid out. Other people do need more uh, shiny colors <laughs> you know, icons and that kind of stuff. So we yeah, try to, yeah, yeah. we try to be responsive to how that client is best going to absorb the information. Mm -hmm. um, and that just, that's really part of building a relationship with them and figuring out like, what kind of person am I really dealing with? Yeah, right. So that's what I'm wondering is, is how do you know what kind of person you're really dealing with? How do you know if they're going to be okay with the the Word doc or the, the visual on the screen? I mean, uh, how do you go about getting to know these folks so that you can identify that? It, the old fashioned way conversations yeah. like that's that's a big part of my onboarding is that I work with all of these clients first and foremost myself right. before right. I ever involve any of the other people on my team, because I want to be able to walk into my team meeting on Friday morning and say, okay, here's our new base of clients. Here's the people who are ready for you to guys to start becoming a part of the process and taking some of these things off of, uh, you know, taking some of these, the ball and run with it. Uh, here's the clients that I'm still nurturing and kind of developing, but I spend an inordinate amount of time, you know, upwards of probably 10 hours just in conversations wow. in those early stages, because it's important to me that I know them. It's important to, to understand so that if they have special, like, I get to know their family life, like in terms of like, listen, if this guy always has soccer practice Friday afternoons, when are we not going to email him stuff to review Friday afternoons, right? We're going right. to block that on the calendar to make sure that if, mm. if we need him to review something that we're sending it to him Thursday. So he has plenty of time to review it before we need it. So a lot of that relationship building is, is really just done the old fashioned way. And what I found is that out of all of the, the things people can talk about us, you know, say, Oh, you've run great ad campaigns. The thing that it always comes back to is that you actually took the time to listen and like learn about my business and actually understand like what I'm trying to do. You didn't just right. try to impose your will or impose a system on us. Mm. You figured out what was going to work best for us. So how does that process work? Because I'm curious about your client acquisition process, because that's what this comes down to. Yeah. I'm wondering how you go about um, forming these relationships. How do you know who to spend time on uh, the 10 hours? I mean, you can't spend 10 hours with everybody, oh, yeah. you know? So what does your, your onboarding process look like? How do you get leads? And then what's the process that you take people through? So in terms of leads, I mean, we have a really healthy referral network, uh, which is always something I've taken a lot of pride in. Uh, we it, Rarely a week goes by that a client doesn't reach out to me directly and says, hey, I, you have to talk to my friend. He's really mm. struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, hey, I just met some guy in Vistage who really could use your service. Can I make an intro for you? So like the 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 network we have is just so phenomenal. Um, and obviously not everybody sends us referrals all the time, but we have enough of those that that is a, a decent 
uh, a decent percentage of the meetings I'm in every week. In terms of our paid strategy, we are deep into TikTok. Uh, TikTok has proven time and time again for a variety of clients to just be an absolute moneymaker right now. It is the best platform right now to sell high ticket on, in my opinion, uh, especially if you're not doing high ticket to like a B2B crowd where they're playing with company money, but you're, you're going more to the founder who is actually looking at the right. profit as like, hey, that's money that could be going to my next vacation. Yes. Uh, TikTok is a phenomenal connection point for that. Hmm. And so we bring them in. Everything starts with a discovery call. Hold on, hold on. I'm curious before, before yeah. we get to the yeah. discovery call, I'm wondering what does yeah. that lead acquisition process look like on TikTok? Cause we're not using TikTok. We use primarily oh. B2B LinkedIn. So I'm wondering, yeah. you know, how do you, what do you give away? I mean, what's that transition from TikTok to it's, a sales call? So it's lead ads. It's just lead ads. That's all we run. I have a okay. video that works really well. We have about mm-hmm. 150X ROI or ROAS wow. on that. that 150X. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow. Um, but How that much one you dump ad, it into that puppy every day? 150X ROI. Honestly, I haven't run it in two months because we've been too busy. We've had too many clients come in through the referral network wow. that I haven't been able to turn it back on. Wow. But we've been spending like $1,500 minimum per month on that campaign. And it just, it overperforms every time we turn it on. It's it's just a really powerful campaign. And the thing that I learned running that is that in that ad, I don't even tell people what I'm going to do. I tell them what I'm not going to do. And there's just one thing that my audience cares about, the people I serve, and it's being passed off to an underling because that is what every consulting agency, that's what every strategy firm, that's what every marketing agency does is you meet with the partner and then day one, they pass you off to someone who knows, doesn't know anything, who have, you have no relationship with and who you don't feel a kinship with the way you felt on the sales call. Right. And I don't do that because I am still doing the sales calls. Now, as we scale, we're adding steps in that process to continue filtering people out and making sure that like, listen, if I am going to spend some time on the phone with you, I want to make sure you're going to be a right fit. So I have a a salesperson that does kind of an interstitial call first to make sure they're going to be qualified to make sure that they're not going to, um, you know, they're actually in a place where I can help them because let's face it. Like we have lower ticket coaching programs, but a lower ticket coaching program is not going to help you if you're not at the place where you're ready to invest in your business. So I need to make sure that's first. I'm not, I'm not exclusionary. That's like, listen, you can't afford 10 grand a month. I don't want to talk to you. No, I have products that are great for new small businesses, but you have to be at a place where you're ready to invest. Otherwise I can't spend the time talking with you because it's just, it's not economical. There's only so many hours on on, the day that I can spend on these calls. Of course. course, Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And then people book on the calendar and we have the discovery call discovery calls, usually 30 minutes. It's very well structured. Something I'm, I've spent a lot of time on is focusing that sales call. So that mm. one it's, it doesn't function as a sales call really at the end of that call, either you're going to like what I have to say and the advice I've given you in the 30 minutes we have together, and you're going to want to work together or you're going to disagree. And that's cool too. And you can go your, your merry way. And so with that, we have a very high close rate on a, on those calls. And what's the structure just, look like, How, you know, let's say we hopped on a call. What, yeah. what would that, uh, that, that structure look like? So you're providing value throughout the call. And then, you know, like you said, if you like it yeah, at the end or not, you know, so what's that very, like? very simple three-part structure. Part one is discovery. So it's, it's 10 questions that I go through or 10 or so questions that I go through to get the full picture of the business. Okay. Then I go into about 10 minutes of kind of guidance where I talk about, you know, okay, I've seen this before because I've worked with hundreds of businesses at this point. So I've seen pretty much this. Yes, it's not, this wasn't your business, but it's similar enough. 
that I can show you how to solve this problem. Right. I give them advice at kind of a high level where they could end the call right there. And they, they could take those theory, those philosophies, those marketing mm. kind of ideas, go out and Google them. And they could, they could go and spend hundreds of hours learning this stuff and, and do it themselves. I have no doubt. And, and that's the goal is that I want you to feel empowered at the end of the call that all of this stuff is tangible. I don't have a magic bag of tricks. There's no secret sauce. What you're really paying for is the hundreds of hours of expertise that I've, or thousands of hours of expertise that I've accumulated to be able to do this a lot faster than you can do it yourself. The last piece of the puzzle is pretty much that. It's just saying, here's what an engagement would look like. Here's what the price points look like. Is this something that makes sense to you? And if they say yes, we get them signed up on the spot and, and go. And so one of the things I didn't realize until probably this year when I started hiring salespeople was I would tell people like, well, most of these calls are one call close. And they're like, oh, well, for the low ticket stuff. And I'm like, no, for the high <laughs> ticket. Like, like, no, I, I rarely do follow up calls for any of these things. Because if you structure the call correctly, and, and you're both aligned, and they see the results, and they see how you can help, then it should be a foregone conclusion to pull the trigger or not. And I realized after talking with many salespeople and even sales trainers, that that is just not common. It's not yeah. common. Yeah. So we definitely have a secret sauce that's okay. working for us. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's really the, the next big challenge is, is me teaching this new team of right. uh, salespeople yeah. how to do it, because mm. that's that's where that's where the real growth potential is. OK, right. So what if some, what are some things that you do in that call to get such a high close ratio and have that single call close? I mean, we go through the structure. Absolutely. But in terms of the the, the tactics that go into that strategy that you that you have, uh, what do you do, tactically speaking, that works so well? Uh, well, for the first 10 minutes, I focus all on them. I don't tell them anything about me. If they even ask questions about me, I push it back on them. I say, oh, we have plenty of time to talk about me. Let's let's talk about your business first. What are the questions? Um, uh, it's, it's really, it's, there's no secret sauce to it. It's really on, like, man. how long, don't how hold long? back on no. me, baby. Come on. I'm, you said no, you I'm just, I'm telling, you, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, there's there it's, it's how long you've been in business. What's going on? How many mm. partners do you have? It's all the stuff that I'm sure you do on sales calls. Everybody does on sales calls. I think the, the real difference though, the thing that makes my sales calls close at such a high rate is not the questions I ask. It's how I ask them. Mm. I'm not following the script. I'm letting them go off onto tangents. If they want to talk about their daughter's soccer game that they were at last night, let's talk about your daughter. What position does she play? Huh. What's her scoring average? Let's talk. Uh, like interesting. I get to know them at such a deep level that people get off that call feeling like we're best friends. Interesting. And so that's, yes. if there's any secret to it, it's like I focus on high levels of relatability in all of these calls and I almost know if they're not going to close by the time that first 10 minutes is up, because if I don't have, if I don't feel a kinship with them, I know ah, they don't feel it with me. Right. Yeah. You know? that's a good point. And so that's kind of my moment is I call it, you know, turn one when we move from discovery into guidance at that turn, if I'm not feeling it a lot of times I'll even like position that next section is like, you know, it sounds like you got a lot of the stuff taken care of that, you know, you need. Let me give you a couple of ideas. And if you like them, we can talk about working with each other. And if not, you know, we can get off the call and you can go on your merry way. So I even I prime them almost for disappointment mm, in one way. I like that. Yes, yes. Give and, take and by like doing that. that, it actually mm. makes them want to work with you more. It's yeah. this weird psychological trick where 
by telling them, oh, well, I don't think you're going to be a good fit. All of a sudden they're like, well, no, I'm a good fit. Yeah, like I want to, yes, like so suddenly they, they lean in. So if they've been kind of quiet, if they haven't really been answering questions, if they've kind of been giving me the one word, two word answers, just doing that can oftentimes get them to lean back in and give me a little bit more detail. And, you know, that's the other part is like, I spent so long in this business with like spending way too much time on this section mm. uh, that now it's really about how do I, how do I build report in 10 minutes? How, what, what are the, what is the way to have these conversations, get all the information I need so I can actually give them advice, yeah. but still not make it feel like it's a script, not make it feels like I'm taking them through yeah, the same thing I've done in the last experience. five calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, what yeah. are some ways that you do go about getting that rapport? You said you talk about their daughter's soccer game, <laughs> you know, how yeah. do you, but like for somebody to talk about their daughter's soccer game, that means that you've already got rapport at that time. Uh, so you know what I mean? Like, cause you don't get on a call and say, Oh, by the way, you know, my, uh, my, my nephew just had a, ba a ballet at the <laughs> ballet recital. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't, you got to get rapport before you get into that. So what are some so, ways that you do that in the first 10 minutes? So first thing is I don't believe in the upfront contract, which I know is like, sales taboo at this point because everybody loves the upfront contract okay here i'm gonna it's how i'm gonna open the call uh but psychologically speaking it's a terrible tactic because what it does is it primes them to be on the defensive on the defensive, and you don't yeah. want your client to be on the defensive because that means they're going now you have to they're coming in neutral right you're just a, you're just a guy mm. on a phone they don't know anything about you and if you haven't done any kind of priming in terms of like heavy emailing or heavy texting they're probably coming in with a pretty neutral opinion of of this call if I, the first thing i say is all right kyle so here's how the call is going to go i'm going to ask you a bunch of questions you're going to tell me a bunch of things i'm i'm going to determine the best package for you we're going to talk about how much that's going to cost and then we're going to decide if we work together does that sound like a good deal immediately you're like it's like all right f you yeah, yeah you're like, on the other side of the table man you're like oh hell no dude um, yeah like the way no, i think about is it is like you want it what you do this is like the image that comes to mind when you talk about it is you're taking them on the, on your side of the cash register you're not you're not having yeah. that opposing viewpoint where it's you versus them you're taking them on your side and saying hey let's figure out if we can work out a solution together way better i call it a, i call it a kitchen table conversation like mm, that's that's yeah. really what that's the tonality you need to have and mm. i learned this watching my dad my dad was an ag banker and so his whole job was lending money to farmers now i don't know how much you know about agriculture but farmers in a small town man i know quite a bit uh, <laughs> i used to do yeah. corn to tasseling oh god oh yeah that's fun yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's a, a great summer time. job <laughs> But farmers are, they're not, uh, they're not cheap because they will spend $50,000 on a piece yeah. of machinery. I mean, I have a, a client who's a farmer that spends like 50 grand a month just on fuel. So yeah. they're not cheap people. They will spend money when the thing is worth it, but they are also very careful with their financial decisions because it's a big operation to be a farmer nowadays. And so I would watch him sit down and and get people to uh, take on loans for millions of dollars for farm equipment. Mm. And he didn't push them into it. He didn't try to swindle them into it. He said, well, listen, I'm a numbers guy. You're a farmer. You know, the the he had also had the background of being from a family farm. So that didn't hurt either. But yeah. uh, he's like, let's look at the numbers. You, you want this new manure spreader. Well, manure, if you get a manure spreader, your yield is going to go up by this much. If your corn yield is up by 12% next year, what does that look like in your pocketbook? Okay, well, it looks like this. Well, listen, the payments on this are going to be mm -hmm. that. That still nets you 
uh, 4% profits. You think those numbers work for you? And just mm. going through that, that kitchen table conversation where it's not him trying to like do the mortgage broker thing where it's like, just take the loan already. Yeah, it's like, no, right. like, is mm. this the right, maybe, maybe you should just lease the manure spreader. Maybe you should go and buy, you know, borrow the guy down the streets because he just bought one. And I know he's having a hard time making payments. So why don't you go and see if you can work out a deal to rent his a couple times a year. And so that, that approach mm. of like not selling and right. just instead of like, really yeah. sitting down and saying is if it's if it's the right thing to do business together then I'd, I'd love to do business with you but if it's not then that's okay too to get back to your other question in terms of like getting them to open up i mean the the reality is people want to talk about themselves yeah. you just have to give them that kind of platform yeah a lot of times i will open these calls by just going how's it going and just let them go and they'll tell me all they'll same way you would with somebody at the supermarket or the coffee shop, you know, same exactly. Thing. And you give them and that, they, that tabletop feel, man. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like the way you put that too. Yeah. The way I think about it, it is, you know, going out for coffee with somebody and, uh, yeah. you know, you're not trying to convince her to sleep with you off the bat. You're just, you know, seeing if you can uh, vibe together. And if you can, exactly. then, you know, maybe the numbers will work and maybe they won't. And who knows, you know, <laughs> right. But that's, that's the whole thing is like, you can't, you you don't know if you're going to marry someone unless you first talk to them. Like you can't stare at a girl yeah, across yeah. the bar and be like, Oh, she's going to be a great wife. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, for real. Right. Uh -huh. And so I've always just approached that as like, yeah, I can go and look at someone on paper and I can look at the information they gave and I can look at their website. That does not tell me if they're going to be a good client. Right. Some of my best clients had no website, no social presence. They just had a crazy idea. And I was like, yeah, I'm game to do that. Like, let's do it. And they've been fantastic clients. They've been with me for years. And now they've, they've grown successful businesses out of nothing, out of a seed of an idea that when they first started working mm, with me. Mm. So it's it's those kind of things that like, just having that conversation and opening it up and allowing the, the conversation to happen naturally. So many people try to force in those questions like, oh, what's yeah. the weather like? And like, oh, I know, you know, I know that area or what about this? It's like, I, I just mm. open it up right from the get go. It's like, how's, how's your week going? going? Yeah. And they like just, that. they, people will just open up and tell you, I've heard about people's medical issues within five minutes of, of picking up a phone. They're telling me like, well, my doctor said, you know, my CDL <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Great. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's now your it's family, amazing. man. Yeah. Now yeah, your family, Cause they only talk about this shit with family usually. And so now you're classified as family in their unconscious. Very exactly. interesting play, man. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so do you, and we're going into your client acquisition strategies. Um, do you typically do the same thing for clients, help their, your clients do the same thing that you do to get clients yourself? Or is it, you know, it's individualized per person, but do the tactics are, are they relatively similar? Yeah, well, especially for clients that are in similar industries or sim similar service models. Like one of the important things is like, I don't, I don't do e-com really. I mean, I have some e-com clients, but it's not an area I focus in. I'm really more in the service-based businesses. Right. So okay. coaches, consultants, very easy to take exactly what I do and replicate in their business. As long as they have the passion for the business, the way I have the passion. Like mm. if you're the kind of coach that you're like, oh, I, I never want to do a one-on-one -on -one call. I never want to do a discovery. Like yeah, we're probably not going to be a good fit for you because yeah, a lot of what our early strategy is, is having a lot of conversations because we found that that's the easiest way to make, you know, more conversations, more conversions. That's the equation. Yeah. So if you're not going to, if you're not a service provider that's able to do that, then we're probably not going to be a great fit. 
but there's also service providers that can't do that, not because they don't want to do that, but it's physically impossible. So take like a landscaper, for example, a landscaper is in their truck all day, right? They're going on site, they're giving estimates and they're doing their work. Their hands are in the dirt all day. They can't go jump on like a Zoom call, right? So are all of my strategies for my own business going to work? No, of course not. I'm going to have to tailor those and say, well, listen, what we really should do is we should run pay a pay-per-click strategy that targets your area. And here's how we should have it set up and it should push to this page. They should be able to request an estimate, you know, promise them that you'll get an estimate in 24 hours. And here's that whole funnel. Here's how that looks. Is that what I do for my business? Absolutely not. Does it going to work? hundred percent because it's tried and true. It works consistently. We have uh, data to back it up. So it's, it's, the, the sales methodologies, there's pieces and, and little things that I can teach people and take from my own business, uh, but it's never wholesale. It's always going to be customized to where they are because the other thing is some people don't sell the way I do. Some people are really like hard charging go and they make lots of money. That's cool too. That's just not the way I sell. So me teaching you how I sell isn't really going to make you more money necessarily, but me showing you how to get more leads will. So we mm -hmm. do that instead. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and I want to let you know that I've got a free book that you can get if you want to tap into more of these resources and you can get that for free at kylesbook.com. Back to the podcast. Okay, interesting. So let's say I'm a client and I'm, you know, struggling to get leads, but also to convert those leads in the back end. Um, let's, let's walk it through with me. You know, uh, what we do is we interview people, we transcribe those interviews and turn them into books that sell your stuff. Uh, so let's say that you're consulting with me and where would we start in terms of how to start getting leads? How would you know what strategy just to, to recommend implementing in this situation? Well, I think the first thing is to get on uh, someone on a show like this, uh, they need to have the feeling that they are a thought leader, even if they haven't started acting on that, even if they haven't, because mm -hmm. the easy fish are just to go troll a bunch of podcasts, look for people who are trying to promote their practice or whatever, yeah. uh, and say, oh, they're already taking the steps, right? Yeah, but the yeah. chances are, is that those are the easy fish. Those are the the surface feeders, right? True, so like, yeah. you're going to have a bunch of competition. I, I'm on podcasts often, I get tons of people emailing me that says, hey, do you want to write, write a book? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Because mm -hmm. they're seeing me on these shows and they're assuming like, I have another guy. Do you want to launch a podcast? I just got that one today. So it's all of this kind of uh, traffic because they're seeing me out there in the world. But what I would do for you is like those people are getting a lot of attention. And so you emailing them doesn't really feed their ego as much because at the end of the day, they're getting a lot of attention. I would look at the people who are up and comers. I would look for the young people that have high, like high ranking positions in companies and say, Hey, I've really, I've been kind of like checking out your career. Like you're only 26 and you're already the VP of finance. Like that's crazy. Like we got to talk because those are the kind of people that because they haven't stepped out and started looking at uh, being a thought leader and looking at what goes into that and what it means to have a personal brand. When you reach out and, and say that to somebody, it's like, Oh my gosh, like that is they're like, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be famous. Like wants me to record a podcast. And it's going to turn into a book. Like, this is amazing. So the ego boost they get just yes, from you reaching yes. out is just yeah. such a slam dunk. So that's what I would, I would look at is I would look at the the blue ocean in, in, in it, not go after the people who are already doing it because they probably have a bunch of people that are in your same niche, ghostwriters, all different people that are competing for that attention. I would instead go to go and troll LinkedIn for like, young vice presidents 
you people mm. who have uh you know graduated and like you can set up the filters in a bunch of different ways but set it up so they've graduated in like the last four years and they're a director and like figure out because that's a that's a pretty big jump four years from graduation you're already a director like most people take 10 15 years to get to director mm. so it's like if i see that then i know okay this person is a mover they're probably in their mind thinking I should be doing more. I could be doing more. I'm going to be CEO one day. And that's the right mindset that you need. So I would, I, that's the direction I would go feed into their ego. And, and that, that would be my number one play. Um, besides that, I think, you know, doing cold outreach on people that are on podcasts, not a bad deal either, but yeah, I would, I would rather, again, it's, it's all about relatability. It's all about getting people to fall in love with you. Yeah, and what better way to get people to fall in love than tell them, like uh, my uncle's a consultant as well. And he, he said this quote years ago and uh, I've just, I've always loved it. And it's people want to hear their own story told back to them more romantically. And that's what you're doing, mm. right? In their head, they're like, man, I, should, I could be doing so much more. I should be vice president by now, right? Because they're go-getters, they want that. And then you come in and you're like, man, director by 22 or whatever, like you are unreal, man. Like, how do you do it? How did you get this far? I got to have you on my podcast that person is going to be over the moon because mm. no one's probably ever said that to them. It becomes difficult. So though, because, well, yeah, man, but you're talking about manual outreach, which is a big fucking pain in the ass. You know, we automate everything. You probably saw our messages. Oh, yeah. like the, I was checking our messages uh, before we hopped on this call. And the last message I sent you, or I sent you, it was my AI that sent it to you was a picture of an envelope yeah. with your name and your company name on it saying yeah. to, to fill out your address here. and We'll ship this out to you. Um, you know, yeah. these are the outreach strategies that, that we're using right now that are working. And, uh, you know, so. But can't you, can't you automate it with the filter and just say like. Filter, yes. graduated in the last four years yes, at yes. this director level yeah um, i would you know you don't have to like listen it's it's marketing there's a little bit of like fluff here naturally and oh, yeah, what yeah, we yeah. do mm -hmm. so i mean if if you put just target that group and say listen i want to look for people that have director in their title and are less than 10 years out from graduation from their college and that's your targeting then you could send out something automated that says, Hey, that works uh, you know, Same as I, anybody I was listening out. with their target audience. Right. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I, I think you can still play into people's ego at scale. I don't think you have yes, to do it one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad we clarified that right on dude. I love it, man. I love the way that you look at the target audience that you, you break it down in terms of what's in their mind right now. You know, you, it's almost like you're, you're a thought, thought reader, thought leader <laughs> and a thought reader. You know what I mean? Because you're, 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 yeah. you're entering the conversation that's already going on in their mind. You're not trying to push something on them. You're not trying to put something in their mind. You're taking what you know that they're already thinking, Oh, I want to be, in this position i want to get to higher i want to advance advancement is what i want and you're tapping into that conversation that's already taken place and there's something really to that man so yeah absolutely um okay beauty dude let's go back to your lead gen strategy so you, you take them from linkedin i'm sorry from from tiktok uh, which is yeah. interesting, right? Um, take them from TikTok to um, booking that call where, you know, you got the 10 minutes of asking questions, 10 minutes of talking about what you can do and how that looks for them and 10 minutes of close. Uh, then mm -hmm. let's say that somebody says, hell yeah, let's sign up. Let's give this a shot. And again, it depends on what package they choose. And like you said, it's not a cookie cutter, mm -hmm. one size fits all thing, but what can somebody expect once they move towards that next step? So I take the payment right there on the phone. Yeah. Right. If they're not ready, if they're like, Hey, I need to talk to my partner, my wife, whatever, that's fine. It's, uh, the, uh, book a call from a call, right? They, yeah. they only have two choices at the end of the call. Either they can say no and that's cool, or we can book another call. And by creating that, uh, 
creating those two choices gives me two things. One, it gets me an idea of how committed they are to the idea. Because if they're not committed, they're not going to book another call, right? They're going to they're gonna give me an excuse. Oh, well, I have to check my calendar. Let me get back to you. Yeah, I never yeah, follow yeah, up yeah. with them again. They're uh-huh. not into it. That's cool. They just don't want to say it. And, you know, yeah, people are yeah, weird it about it. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. But I'm not going to bother them anymore. I know they're not into it, right? Yeah. I might put them on a nurture list or something, but I'm not going to go and like, hey, let's get you back on the phone. Let's get you back on the phone. Like, it's not my style. Uh, so you have, uh, have those people come in and, you know, say, say no, or, or they, you know, push it off the other people that want to follow up. Well, we, I set the expectation of like, well, listen, we'll jump on a quick call. You'll have an option, uh, a chance to ask me any remaining questions and then we'll get you signed up. And so like the goal of the call mm-hmm. now has been planted as at the end of those 30 minutes, you're going to give me a credit card and we're going to get you signed up. Mm-hmm. And so I don't ever, I don't send invoices. I don't let people sign up on their own because it requires too much follow-up and pestering. And I just know that that's not the best way. Uh, I personally have seen plenty of clients that still do that. And then they come and they're like, man, I had this great discovery call and they didn't sign up. And I was like, well, did you take the credit card on the phone? No, I sent them an invoice. I was like, well, by the time they opened the invoice, it'd probably been a couple hours since your call. All those good vibes that they were feeling that they were like, yeah, started to wash away. Mm -hmm. And now they're just looking at a number. And they're like, hmm, $2,500. I don't know, man, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Whereas if you would have taken the credit card on the phone, that $2,500 was too cheap. You got to charge them twice that much because they were feeling it. They were, they were into it. They were like, yeah, let's do this. This is, this is the right move for me. So it's, it's always surprising to me. You know, it's, it's one thing if you're dealing with B2B at large scale and you have to get a purchase order and you have to like go through, like that's a whole different process. But if you're selling high ticket, that's like B to C slash B where you're selling to the business owner. You're selling to someone with decision-making authority. It's always crazy to me to be like, Oh yeah, let me send you an invoice. Yeah. Right. Like, Get that credit card on the take... phone right then and there. What I do is yeah. I send them as, as I'm talking with them, I create a Stripe link and then I send them the Stripe link yeah. and you know, on the phone with them right there. Sign up. It's good to go. And oh, we get yeah. that book done and we start promoting that book for them. So yeah, man. Um, okay. So when somebody signs up, then what can they expect? So uh, depending on their their level of service that they elect, you know, we have agency level services where I'm only meeting with the client uh, once a month ongoing after that initial onboarding period where we meet several times, usually once a week over the course of like six to eight weeks. And then they kind of, we go on like a monthly basis. My team takes care of all the stuff they need to take care of. And then we're just meeting to really talk about overall strategy and results. Uh, at the lower end of the spectrum for someone signing up to one of our two coaching programs, uh, they're either coming to one or three group coaching sessions each week that are 90 minutes long. They're small groups. We're really specific about who we leave, uh, let in and we cap it. So it's not like these 70 person uh, crazy groups that, you know, you're on Zoom and you're never going to get a chance to ask a question. They tend to be around like 10 people max. And so we, you, you go in, I have all of my strategy guides written out in the program. So like if you're between sessions and you're trying to be like, what did he say about how to structure the sales call? I have it all written out so you can go and read it, but it's not mandatory. One of the things I've, I really made a big part of this business is that I don't sell courses. I give courses away for free. I give all the education away for free. What I charge for is help in the implementation. So when you come into one of my calls, it's not just me preaching to you about, well, Kyle, this is what you need to do this week. I'm doing a little bit of that. I'm saying, Kyle, this is what I'd like to see you get done by the next week but let's work on this together and I'll pull up a Google doc and we'll write the next ad for you or we'll, we'll help, you know, reconfigure your landing page or, you know, I, I've dealt with people's issues where they're like, 
hey, my my email automation stopped sending. Can you look at it for a second? Yeah, sure. Pull it up. Let's see what's going on with it. So it's that mix of having the the coaching element and the and the push to like get this stuff done, but also the hands-on support that I think a lot of coaching programs miss, uh, which is why we, we've had some success in that field. So I mean, the, the, the consulting, the middle tier, that's completely customized. That is purely based on what your business needs. And it's, it's a higher ticket program. So like, if you're spending $5,000 a month with me, we have a very good understanding of what needs to be accomplished. And there's a scope to that. And it's not just this kind of like freewheeling, oh yeah, you're just going to go through this normal onboarding process everybody else is going to go through. It's like, no, that's that's a lot more structured. So the coaching, that, that's that's more of like a walk, step-by-step onboarding. Consulting is very much like me and you together, hand-holding every step of the way. And then the uh, agency services is really just based on what that package looks like. It changes. Interesting. Okay. So walk me through that structure that you take folks through. Let's say I just signed up with you. We had this, I saw you on TikTok. We had a sales call. I loved it. So I signed up. Um, let's say, uh, let's say that happened. So what would you, you said it's a lot more structured. Let's say I sign up for a 5k package. Um, I want yeah. my, I want the leads and I want the conversion process to be improved 5k a month. Mm-hmm. Would that be about accurate? Uh, for, for just those two things. I mean, it would depend on, are you looking for us to manage the whole process or are you looking for just help with like the systems and operations side of it? That's why I'm saying like the, the consulting, it's very specific to a specific problem. Like if you just need general help marketing, our group coaching programs are awesome. Like they come with free creative services. So you don't have to hire freelancers. They have the, the, support sessions throughout the week and it has all the guide work so that you know exactly what you need to do to grow the business so if you're just coming in with kind of general questions like that that's where i tend to put people if you are coming in and you're saying listen we're the third largest um the third largest lawn care company in des moines and we're trying to take on the big dog and they are just crushing us at every turn and every time we try to go into a new market they come in with a new campaign and undercut our prices by 50 percent. they're trying to put us out of business that is going to be a much more intensive, dedicated engagement than what I'm going to do in my coaching programs. So that's going to go into like, say you were that person, you were running a, a landscaping business. I'd look at like, say, all right, well, the first thing we need to do is we need to be a lot more stealthy in how we're approaching the market so that we're not giving everything away. So when you go and announce that you're now serving this area on social media, that's where they're getting the idea to come in and now buy up all the Google space on there. So instead of doing that, Let's just buy Google ads, just target those areas, and let's really maximize the spend for a short period of time and get people on a service plan. Instead of selling one-off mm. services like yeah. they used to do, like that, let's yeah. get them locked in for a yearly plan. That way, the other company can come in. They have to at least wait a year before they're out of that service plan. So that's like, that structure sounds so, for to a marketer, it's like, yeah, of course. So many small businesses don't think that way because right. they're too, they're on the lawnmower all day. They're in the weeds, like literally in the weeds. Literally in the weeds, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can't, sure. <laughs> they can't fathom how to overcome this obstacle. And so, working with me one on one, it is, it's truly like this is what we need to do. This is the the step by step of what we need to do and what we're going to accomplish. And we're also going to cover the like at the consulting level. We also provide a suite of agency services, so like graphic design, web design, all that kind of stuff is just included in that price. So you're getting that too. But the engagement itself, even the number of calls we have. Some people want less FaceTime. They're just like, listen, I'm, I'm in a truck all day. I can't do this. Can we, can you like meet with me intensively for like a week? I can give you a week. I'll take a week off of work, meet with me intensively for a week. And then we'll just do monthly calls. 
that works too. So those, those are very, very customized. Whereas the coaching is like, you sign up, you get your welcome email, you log into the community, you get access to the group sessions, you get access to the strategy guides, and then we're on our way. And then you come into the first one and you, you present your onboarding stuff and we talk about it and we say, all right, well, here's the goals. Here's what we want you to do and give you the task for the next week. How much is the the consulting or the the coaching group when you when you get them? It's a it's a group coaching program, right? So how much yeah. is the price tag on that? So there's two uh, two models. There's one uh, model that we call day one, and that is for very early stage businesses. Like I like yeah. to call these guys like bedroom entrepreneurs, right? They're okay. ready to take that step. They're ready to start investing in their business, but they might not even have a website. They might not have made one sale yet. Right. That's ninety nine dollars a month. You meet once a week for 90 minutes in a group session and you have access to the uh the coaching you don't get any of the creative services but it's enough to get you off the starting line and to get you starting to on your kind of journey to profitability uh our 497 a month package includes a technology stack that you can use inside your business that we just give you for free as part of the package it also includes limited creative services so it's not as much stuff as we give our consulting okay. clients okay but okay. it's still thousands of dollars right yeah it's thousands of dollars worth of creative services i mean mm. like we've calculated it up and it's like in total if you use every single service we offer it's like fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred dollars of free services that you can take advantage of what what do these services look like we're going into your site and you don't have a website at all we'll build your landing page for free we'll write it we'll design it we'll send it to you we'll Hmm. we'll even host it for you so like that's totally free that right off the bat people are charging twelve hundred dollars twelve hundred dollars just for a landing page we'll give it to you for free you need your you know we're doing an offer video and you need it edited Give it to my team. They're experts. They're going to knock it out in two days. Don't struggle with it. Don't pretend you're a video editor. You're, you know, you're not Steven Spielberg. Just give it to us. We'll get it done. We'll get it up on the platform. So mm. it's those kind of things that like people would pay a freelancer. First off, you'd have to find a freelancer that's reliable. Then you'd have right. to pay them. Yeah. And then you'd have to hope they can deliver on time. And then you have to try to communicate with them in a meaningful way. If you've never done this before, you're not going to know how to talk to a video editor uh, and tell them like exactly what you want. So instead, just let us do it. We're experts mm-hmm. at it. I've, I've I like literally model, got man. guys waiting. I like so, the model. Yeah, yeah. You, you get them in a group coaching program and you offer all of this for free that they would otherwise have to pay for and probably are paying for if they're at that level. Oh, I yeah. mean, hell. Uh, I like that. It's, it's an interesting way of doing business. Uh, you know, you can tell that you, you give a shit about these guys. It's not like some like, okay, give me your yeah. money and I'm going to shove you in some group that I don't really care about. You're, you're talking about help, helping them with what they need help with, regardless if it's uh, part of the, the coaching package or not. Uh, you're taking an, an ambitious step towards their success. And uh, yeah, man, a lot of people don't do business like that. So hmm, I no, and I mean, the, the, I, it took me three years to devise this. Right. right. Three mm-hmm. years of different packages. I started yeah. when we first started, we scaled to six figures in the first six months of business. And we scaled off of a $99 a month program. And the reason we were able to scale was because I was building those relationships early on and we weren't making the money. The, the We were pretty much breaking even on the memberships. It was because once I started working with people, they wanted to give me everything. Hey, can you do a new logo for me? Can you do a new website for me? Uh, Hey, can you edit this video? And so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, what started as what was supposed to be a true, just a coaching program quickly ballooned to the coaching is 20% of the business, the revenue, 80% Mm -hmm. of it is creative services. And that's really what started tipping me off. That's like, this needs to be a part of it. Like, I don't want to have to go back to them every week and say, Hey, I need another $200. I need another thousand dollars. I need Like, I just didn't like that. And I was like, how can I offer the agency experience? 
but only give them the things they actually need, which then cuts down on my liability in, in terms of cost, yeah, but yeah. gives them everything they need to be successful. So there's no excuses anymore. And so three years later, I have this package. There's nothing else like it on the market. There's no one else that no, wants to do I haven't seen this. anything like that before. No, no kidding. Because it takes three months. You have to retain someone three months to be profitable in that model. Interesting. Mm. So, so you have an offer that's better than free because they would have to pay more mm -hmm. than what it would cost for the group coaching program to get these services. Yeah. Now, how does this differ towards your more expensive plan? And how do you how do you differentiate between those two? Because it sounds oh, like there's a similar uh, service that's going into both of them. So how do they differ? It's similar. The When someone's a consulting client, they get a much higher level of creative services. So like there's, when I say you get limited creative services, it is limited, right? I'm not yeah. going to go and build you a brand new website. I'm not yeah. going to go out and edit your podcast every week. Right. When we're in a consulting arrangement or an agency relationship, those things are on the table. Those things are stuff we can discuss. And that's why when you're signing up for consulting, it's because you have a very specific problem that you need help solving. You're not just here for basic marketing support, right? Right. Even our agency program is more in line with that. Like we have a, a program called Overnight Authority where we help people get on podcasts like this one uh, and, and take that first step from, that's why I know so much about that audience because I share that audience, right? I'm, I'm oh, interesting. Interesting. So, oh, okay. Wow. Those, so, yeah. You know, so I've done a lot of things. Instant authority. You know, a book could be part of that package. That's an interesting thought at least, you know, because uh, if you're helping people get instant authority, there's nothing that gives more authority than having a book because- yeah. Think about it. We're kind of programmed as a society to trust authors, to buy from authors, to look up to authors with authority. I mean, it's the root word of authority, right? And so, yeah. you know, you see what I mean? And so yeah. if there's an authority package involved. Uh, to me, there's no there's no better way to to get authority than have a podcast, get on podcasts, but then have the book to be able to give away on the podcast so that it's a lead generation activity. Um, that's an interesting point too, is if you have a book, you can give it away on podcasts, um, you can uh, generate leads that uh, otherwise you wouldn't have been able to help because you've got that book at the end of the podcast say, hey, if you liked this, if you want to get some more of what I'm talking about here, then go check out my free book at, um, you know, x so and so's freebook.com and uh, you generate leads that otherwise you would have missed. It's an interesting play, right? As a lead magnet, as a marketing tool like that. Oh, I, I love it. I actually hadn't, because uh, we've, you know, one of the, the tricks that I learned early on is like play to your strengths. Right. And so anytime I've identified a system or a strategy that works really well for us that we can replicate, yeah. we really just kind of play in our zone. We're not authors, right? Like I'm a copywriter. I write oh, interesting. thousands of words of copy at every, yeah. uh, every week. But the reality is, is when it comes to writing someone's book, writing someone's memoir, writing someone's guidebook, even I have met with people who I've talked to like, Hey, how can I take this course and convert it into a book for myself? So I think that's one of those things. It's it's a great idea, but it's definitely one of those things that we now need to enlist a partner in. So like someone like yes. yourself or, yeah. or another company like that, that can kind of dovetail in with what we're all already offering. It would make a great phase three because, you know, the, the first step in that process is developing the personal brand. The second step is is getting that brand out there. The third is promoting that brand. Then the obvious next step right. is giving something 
for people to download to start using that personal brand to generate leads. Yeah. So I think it would it would tie in very nicely. I think it would, man. We said that we can talk about anyways, for sure. Um, we can talk yeah. about starting it off with you to get a proof of concept. And then if it works and you start generating leads, but man, you're full up, dude. You got, you got no room for new business. And so it, it comes down to how do you better serve the existing clients that you already have? If you got an authority package, I mean, there's some opportunity there. So we can talk about that, man. But um, I want to ask you one last question and it's about AI. Uh, how do you see AI playing in the, the marketing realm? And how do you, where do you think that that's going? So, I mean, this is going to be a very scatterbrained answer, so I'm okay, apologize. Yeah. But I have a lot of different competing ideas on this because there's so many things out there that I see the potential in, and then there's so many things that I'm like, nah, it's, it's not there yet. So, like the first thing is with ChatGPT four, the responses are definitely better. Yeah. But we just ran a test the other day where we had two people from opposite sides of the country put in the same prompt, and it generated the exact same result. Mm -hmm. two different computers two different sides the, the exact same result yeah and so what we're thinking and i'm not an ai scientist so i can't confirm this or not but what i'm thinking is that ai is always going to choose the lazy man's way and if it already generated something similar or the same it is going to recycle at least part of that right which the prompt right so if you're putting in prompts that other people have right. used and it's gonna and it worked before then it's gonna take that lazy man's way and shoot out the same output that it did before but if you put in an yeah. input a prompt that nobody's thought about putting in uh with nuances i mean you should see the size of the prompts that i use they're they're pages oh, yeah. long because yeah. I, I want to get that that detail in there that nuance that that persuasive prowess you know there's there's something that goes into the prompting itself well, and that's, and so that's where my, my co complex opinion is, right? Because I think when you put that level of effort in, yeah. in, in the, in the prompting and the training of the model, especially if you're using just the, the open AP, the open AI API, as opposed to just going straight to chat GPT, you're able to do a lot more with that technology and you are able to generate some really profound results that are unique and yeah. are really interesting and make you go like, huh. Didn't see that happening. I also think there's also an element where there's certain things in marketing that just don't need to be that original. Like so much marketing copy out there is stuff people will never read. And if they do read, it's practically inconsequential. Like I'm not one of these copywriters that believes every word I put on the page is sacred. No, there's plenty that no one's going to read. It's just the reality, right? People skim, people don't, people read the things that catch their eyes. So that's where you want to put your most effort into for everything else, there's chat GPT. Like that's the reality is like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a Google pay-per-click, right? Yeah. It is so hard to write 30 character headlines. It's like, it's, it's like a crossword that you have to do six times in a row <laughs> and, and make them all unique. Dump it into chat GPT. It'll spit yeah. out 10 perfectly good headlines. Yeah. Oh, and oh, they're, they're a little bit long. Tighten that to be only 30 characters, shrinks them down. There's your headlines. Yeah, I've yeah. done this for several campaigns for, pay, for just for pay-per-click. I'm not saying you do this for all of your copy, but just for pay-per-click. And the campaigns do gangbusters, Yeah, right? right. They get tons mm, of clicks. See, that's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. So mm. there is a use. There is, there yeah. is a definite use. It's not perfect yet. It's not great. 
if you ever try one of like the dolly logo generator prompts this is yeah, not yeah. good uh-huh. like it's very weak <laughs> we use still. the ai book generator cover uh, for the covers alone we use well we we create the whole fucking book yeah. with ai dude the, you should see the content yeah. the quality of the writing we're getting it's amazing oh yeah um, i had a client the other day tell me he cried reading his story reading the way that the ai was able to tell his really? story the dude cried it was bringing out that emotion in him because of the way that we trained that model to to spit out copy that is is bar none a hundred times better than i can come close to and i was a copywriter for years and it's like holy yeah. shit but that's why i was able to formulate those prompts was because hey i knew what to put into it the same way you do as a copywriter right so again even just for the titles or the like the title prompt for example three pages long just for the title prompt yeah because there's so much persuasive elements that has to be taken into account you have to tell it to to take these into account We've got 59 persuasive persuasion elements that we put into the persuasive prompts um 64 for content generating um you know so there's massive amounts of input that you can put in to get that perfect output and uh yeah, it, oh, yeah. it's been it's been amazing dude so it's so cool that you've been using it yourself and it's been working well i mean it's it, the way i look at it is you know, uh, a pen in anybody's hand can just write on a piece of paper, right? Yeah. It's just a tool. Yeah. But you put the hand, you put a pen in the hand of a president and there there could be famine, there could be war, there could be destruction, there could be complete economic upheaval. There's so much power in a pen and it's, it's cliche, but that's the same way as chat GPT and AI. There's so much power in AI when it's wielded with the right hand, but with yes. a, the hand that yes. knows mm-hmm. what uh, what to do with it, how to use it, how to prompt it. And I think that's where a lot of people are making the mistake of just going to chat GPT and saying, write me a video script that sells my widget. And then they go and read it and they put it out there and they're like, that kind of sounds stilted. That sounds weird. Well, it's AI. Right. So it's it's automatically right. It must work. And they spend thousands of dollars on the <laughs> yeah, app. It doesn't right. do anything. And then they wonder it's why. Like, well, <laughs> you yeah, gotta be, you gotta, it, it's, the, the quality of the output depends on the input that you put into it. I, I think and a I lot think, of people miss that. Yeah, big time. I think that's, you're 100% right. They totally overlook the fact that it is not a robot you can just request things out of. You yeah. have to provide it. You have to feed yeah. the machine before yeah, the machine it's... can feed you. Yeah. Oh, so it's a, it's a very, it's a very complex area. And every day, I mean, we're training bots right now to do a bunch of stuff internally. Mm. And it's just fascinating. It's yeah. every time I launch one and I put it out in the world and I give it to people to start testing and they come back with the results. And I'm just like, wow, this is just unreal. But the prompts I'm using are right. pages long. Yeah, they're not exactly right. Write me a summary of you know yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like or no. in the voice of Stephen King or something. You yeah. know, it's like you can do that. Makes it a little bit more better, a little bit, yeah, a little bit better. But it's like you know, it, there's still something off about it. But if oh, we're yeah. getting quality of writing out of it. That's that's bar none. Um, like for example, you see those generators that will tell you if it's AI written or human written, right? It, yeah. You, paste something in it'll say oh this was written by ai our ai copy that we have been being spit out 100 by ai is coming back as 100 written by a human it's undetectable yeah. and it's like damn yeah. dude do these detectors work turns out they do work but they don't work with the kind of copy that we're getting out of it so it's like man we have no idea what's going to happen dude so yeah it's a pleasure having you man pleasure having you on the on the show here we we talked about some interesting things um is there any questions that i should have asked you or anything you want to add here at the end I mean, I think you covered everything. We went pretty deep on some of that stuff. So I hope it was helpful. I hope some people take it and uh, 
uh, use it. Uh, it's it, at the end of the day, marketing is a relationship game. That's that's mm-hmm. all you really yeah, need to understand it about to. it. It's yeah. it's not about the great copyright. It's not about how many websites you're able to design. It's not about all the flashy graphics. It's really just are you able to build mm-hmm. and maintain a relationship with the people that need your product? And if you can do that, the platform, the technology is irrelevant, right? Plenty of people sold groceries without the internet on the side of the street out of an Apple cart for years. And <laughs> they they made their livings, right? They became grocery titans without any technology or anything more than a brown paper bag and a box full of fruit. So the the reality is, is like, as long as you're able to build those relationships with the people that need you the most, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be successful. I love it, man. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. And if you want to get a free copy of my book, go to kylesbook.com and you can get a copy there. I'll talk with you soon.